0: informative.
1: Hello and welcome back to Witches, Bitches and Dead People. I'm Jamie Hearn, and today I have the honor of stirring the cauldron with Carissa Stepp. She is a relationship and human design coach and author. She graduated from James Madison University with a degree in quantitative finance and financial economics. Like, love smart girls. It's so exciting for me to chat with you. She began her career on Wall Street, working for a prominent investment bank and later various investment firms. Over her 10 year career in finance, Carissa always seemed to struggle with feeling that she had a much bigger purpose and that she was designed to help others in a more meaningful way. It wasn't until she experienced a significant life disruption that she embarked on a journey of healing and self-discovery and uncovered how she could serve others. She now guides clients through creative transformations in their own lives and helps them understand who they truly are, their purpose, and how to find the power in the pain to create a life they love. Carissa is also a recovering people pleaser. I'm so sorry to hear that, but happy you're recovering (laughs) and perfectionist.
0: Welcome, Carissa. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm super excited to be on your podcast and chat today.
1: I'm so excited to hear your story and really dive into giving other women and a couple cool dudes permission to step out of the the box that society says oh this is success when you feel like it's not you and that's so awesome that you did that
0: yeah i think you know for me it took me a while um i was very conditioned to believe that you know in order to be successful you had to work really hard and you could only work in certain professions and earn a good you know amount of you know money i guess or put enough money in the bank and so, uh, don't get me wrong. Like I did love finance. I loved the intellectual challenge of it all. Um, I've always had an interest in the markets and in the economy. Um, but yeah, it definitely took a toll on me. I felt like, you know, I wasn't really helping people and I struggled with that for so long. I was like, I'm just helping rich people get richer. This is not this doesn't help anybody. Like, what am I doing? Totally. So, <laughs> I well- think, that I had like a change of heart. Once I had kids, I was like, Oh, now I found my purpose. I'm a mom. I've got children that I have to keep alive, which was <laughs> wonderful. And it's great. But you know, I think that when they went back to school, when they started school full time, I went searching for something for me.
1: Right. Well, cause you're, that's an element of your identity as a mom. And when you're not called on full time, then you have to kind of reinvent who you are. Uh, before I forget, I did pull a card this time. So I pulled the loss card for you. Oh. It says, sometimes you learn true offering through loss. You make a passionate invitation for love to take over and bring her own plan instead of the egos. That's pretty cool. It's a really pretty card too. <laughs> that's gorgeous. Yeah, that's really
0: cool. I love that.
1: Um. <clears throat> so you, you said that kids were part of the motivating factor for you to shift into a more soul aligned expression of yourself. But how did you identify what path you wanted to follow at that point?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. Um I definitely floundered for a little bit. <laughs> and initially I was like, okay, like let me go and focus on my physicality, right? Because that was like the easy thing, right? To to kind of spend my energy on on like how I was going to develop myself personally. I was like, oh, I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to start eating healthier. I'm going to um put myself first in terms of how to take care of myself. And, you know, that led me down to another road which was Um, oh my goodness, I need to now focus also on my mental health, my emotional well-being and my spiritual well-being. And um, I unfortunately lost a very dear friend of mine to Mm. metastatic breast cancer. And she was young and left behind two young children. And it was at that point, it was at that point where I was like, wow, like we really don't have unlimited time on this earth. And I want to make sure that whatever it is that I do with my life, that I leave a legacy and I have an impact on people around me so that when I go, I can say that I lived my life well and that I really served and helped others as well. So it led me down this rabbit hole of trying to explore and figure out what to do with my life. And I actually had booked a call with an intuitive Who was basically a psychic. Um, And she and I had this amazing chat for like an hour and a half. And I felt like she knew things about me that I couldn't even articulate, um, about my experience and things that I had gone through, and, you know, kind of where I was in my life at that time, which was basically questioning everything. And at the end of it, she said to me, She goes, I don't know why I'm being called to share this with you, but your guides are being extremely insistent that I tell you about this thing called human design. And she goes, I don't know anything about it. I've only recently heard about it. But you need to like go on Google and try to figure out what this is because it's definitely something that you're meant to explore.
1: That's awesome. And as a reader, when I get an an intuitive push like that about something I know nothing about, then you know that it's really important. So I'm so glad you followed that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I basically jumped down the rabbit hole of human design and um, it was through human design that I really started to see myself for who I really was because human design is like this beautiful, and I don't know if your listeners are familiar with it or not. I can give like a brief definition of what it is. Why don't you
1: give a, a quick overview?
0: Perfect. So human design is basically this beautiful synthesis of five ancient wisdoms, which is Eastern and Western astrology the Chinese I Ching, the Jewish Kabbalah, the Hindu chakra system, and then quantum physics. And what I love about it is that it's all based upon your birth date, time, and place. So it's not like Enneagram where you have to answer all these questions. And I know like when I tried to do it, I was like, I don't know, it depends on what time period of my life you're asking me this. And things have changed radically in the last few years. And it depends on my mood and it depends on how I feel and who I'm with. And I had a really hard time like filling that out. But um, Human design just gives you your chart based on very, you know, on on factual data and it can show you the potential of who you truly are. So it doesn't like, you know, put you into a box. It doesn't label you in any kind of way. It's kind of like with astrology where there's like a high expression and a low expression and there's everything in between. You know, you might be expressing your design in a lot of different ways because there's so many different components to it. Because listen, like we are multi-complex beings and we're not simple and you can't just slap a label on us. But it was so helpful for me to get more in touch at a a different level. Like I almost, I almost felt like this like permission slip to finally step into who I was and not feel guilty when I decided that I didn't want to please people anymore, right? I learned how my body says yes and how it says no so that I can now... When people ask me if I want to do something or help with something or be a part of something, I can tune into my body and listen to that yes or no and respond from there because, you know, my body knows more better than I do what's aligned and correct for me than, say, my conscious mind.
1: Right. Which is overrun by ego and programming and all the other pieces.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, so your conscious mind is like, you know, running about like 10%, right? And 90% of that is your subconscious mind where all of that stored programming has been in place um, from the time you were basically born. And most of it actually gets written between the ages of zero and seven years old. So there's a lot of times where we're like, we have this old programming that's running in the background, right? Think about it like a computer, like, you know, that, that hard drive is kind of running in the background. And you know, we are not even aware of the limiting beliefs that were instilled in us at such a young age. And we didn't know how to consciously be aware of whether or not what someone was saying was true or not true. Right. At that age, you're just absorbing everything. Everything that someone tells you is, you know, has some kind of impact on you.
1: Right. And we're programmed to listen and rely on those people for survival. So why would they lie to us? Yeah. (laughs) And they're not necessarily lying to us, but they're looking at things through their lens, which has also been programmed.
0: Exactly. And, you know, I think that nowadays there are probably more people that are self-aware and are coming into more of this like awakened state where they kind of have, um, an awareness of kind of who they are authentically. And, you know, unfortunately, like, I think like our parents' generations, it's like, there wasn't really a focus on personal development. Like, what was that? Like, that wasn't even a thing unless you were like a hippie.
1: (laughs) Well, and my parents were hippies, but my mother was more concerned with like, fuck the man. She didn't want anything to do with anybody telling her what to do. And, and like, she was the one getting sent home from school because she wouldn't wear Address. So, <laughs> so there's some programming there
0: too. <laughs> yeah, definitely, for sure. So, I mean, even like, you know, and not to fault our parents because it's not through any fault of their own, but if you just think about like the things that you learn how to do between the ages of zero and seven, right? You're learning how to walk, you're learning how to talk, you're learning how to run, you're learning how to feed yourself, right? And so you know, oftentimes, like our parents generally will be like, oh, no, 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 don't do that. Or no, 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 be careful. You're going to get hurt. Or um, we don't do it that way. We use our fork. or We use our spoon. We don't use our hands. Right. There's a lot of no, 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 no that we're kind of being told in that time frame of zero to seven that it implants within us, this negativity of either like, I'm not good enough. I can't do it good enough. Nothing I do is right. I can't make a mistake. I'm not allowed to fail. Right. I mean, there's all these things that like we don't think about, but like, it's not something that's done consciously by our parents. Right. It's just so happens to be the way we've been
1: parented historically. Yeah. So how does human design work to get to the root of who we really are instead of all that programming
0: yeah that's a good question so the chart itself is actually multi-layered and you can spend a lot of time peeling back all the layers so it takes a little while to kind of understand but you know the first things i always tell people if they're coming into human design you know the first things to try to understand would be your type your strategy and your authority so your type's going to tell you how your energy is meant to work within the world right so not all of us are here to work nine to five jobs Some of us are here to kind of have a little bit more flexibility because we just don't have access to that sustainable life force energy that the people that can work nine to five have. Um, Then it's your authority. This is the way in which opportunities come to you and the way you're meant to get into relationships, um, the way you're meant to make, um, you know, come across like you know job opportunities but also maybe like living arrangements things like that so your authority is kind of like the way that the universe is communicating with you and then you have um i'm sorry that's your strategy and then your authority is what we use to determine you know how to make that decision that's in alignment for us, right? So our strategy is kind of how the universe talks to us. And then our authority is the way we kind of talk back <laughs> of tuning into to whether it's our intuition. I mean, it's all pretty much intuitive, but like intuition, your sacral, which is like more of like a gut feeling. Um, some people just need to talk things out to gain their clarity. So it all depends. So those are like the first places that you can start. And then you could look at your profile lines and understand the role you're here to play. Right, And this is kind of like how people see you, what you need to feel grounded and stable so that you can shine your light out into the world. And then there are planetary placements um, on your conscious and unconscious side that will also then kind of dictate other aspects of your chart, which are helpful in terms of like, you know, what are some of like your recurring life themes that are going to keep kind of coming up, like your challenges that you need to kind of learn in this lifetime. Um, You know, what are your values? What are you here to communicate and share with others? What are the things that drive and motivate you? What are the blessings once you overcome these challenges? You know, what are you here spiritually meant to uh, be challenged by or learn about? So it's really a fascinating tool. And I love using it with my clients um, because it really helps them get a good firm understanding on who they could be, right? The potential of who they are. And I can very easily look at their chart and understand where they may be stuck, where they may be struggling, where they've maybe experienced some pain, and then how to kind of move through all that.
1: Well, and that's the value of having a mentor like you who's been through tons of charts. I have a chart. I uh, Some coach that I had probably five or six years ago, said, get your human design. We'll use it in your coaching. So I went and had the chart prepared and I know I'm a generator. Okay. I'm a generator too. (laughs) that's, That's the extent of my knowledge. So just reading the chart, it tells me some things, but you have such a better understanding of how it all fits together and works together and and creates this beautiful expression mm-hmm. so i'm thrilled that we have mentors like you available to us to help us navigate this really cool tool
0: thank you yes i absolutely love human design i could talk about it all day long <laughs> And um, you know, I I trained actually with Karen Curry Parker. So if you've ever come across Human Design before and you found the language kind of like depressing or really heavy or dark, that's the original writings um, from Human Design of Human Design. Uh, Karen actually has rewritten all the language so that it's quantum language, right? Because mm. the words that we use matter, and the words that we use create frequency. And so they have a profound impact on us. So she's rewritten it to be way more inspiring and uplifting. And I've, you know, I've studied with her and certified through her, you know, all levels of her program. I've done advanced trainings with her. And if anyone is interested in, you know, diving into human design, I would certainly encourage you to kind of seek her out if you're wanting to learn about it um, for a professional, you know, from a professional standpoint.
1: So, have you done your kids charts?
0: I have. I pretty much run a chart on anybody that I can get
1: their information
0: from. <laughs> so like, I've run them on my friends. I've run them on my husband. I've run them on my kids, my family. Um, it's so funny because over the summer we were on vacation and we were visiting my grandmother. My mom was there and I'd said to my grandmother, I'm like, do you know what time you were born? And my mom was like, oh, I know why you're asking. <laughs> so that I could run her chart. And so unfortunately, she didn't really know. And that was a little disappointing. But um, sometimes you can run a chart throughout different times during the day and just see what fits.
1: I mean, it, I think there is amazing opportunity. So I I mean, if I were your mom, I'd be like, oh, this is exciting. What are we going to find out about grandma? <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Although, you know, there are some people that are
0: hesitant. Um you know, I have family members that are, you know, more religious and they were like, oh my God, like I thought you were being pulled into this like dark demon cult when you told me you're getting into human design. And I was like, um, no, <laughs> there's Thanks actually a- for being concerned, Thanks but- for being concerned, but there's actually a huge element of spirituality in the chart. And, um, no, like that's not the case at all. <laughs>
1: It's it's kind of funny, but there is a lot of stigma around things that people don't understand. So Mm -hmm. the more visibility that we can create around really awesome tools like this is important. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And actually, um, just this week, there was an article by the Washington Post where they do, you know, the things that were, you know, out for this year and the things that are going to be in this year and human design was in this year. And I won't say who was out this year. But anyway, <laughs> I was very excited to see that and hope that more people will get exposed to it because I do think it's super helpful.
1: Awesome. I'm glad that, that's, that outlets like that are giving visibility to things that are super useful. Mm-hmm. So. When you have a new client, what does working with you look like?
0: Yep. So the first thing we usually always do is we will do a chart reading for our first appointment because I want them to, first of all, I want to make sure that their chart resonates with them. I've not had a client yet that has told me that their chart doesn't resonate, but it's helpful for me because then I I can ask them questions like, okay, like you have this dynamic in your chart or this element in your chart you know, has this been something that you've struggled with in the past? Right. So it it allows me to, you know, the reading is not necessarily like a reading that I would do if someone were paying for one. It's more of me trying to pinpoint, okay, where have been your biggest pain points? Like what are your biggest struggles that you're experiencing and where do I, you know, making sure that I see this in the chart so that I can help them move through into the higher expression of whatever that energy or archetype is. Um, So that would be like the first session. And then I actually also use EFT. I'm an EFT practitioner, Mm -hmm. which is tapping. So oftentimes the next step will be we'll do tapping um, from pretty much that point forward for the most part, um, just to help people rewrite those self-limiting beliefs, right, to help people heal any old traumas or wounds. And when I say trauma, you know, yes, I have had clients that have had significant trauma, but oftentimes people come to me and what we, you know, what we see is like, there have been a series of micro traumas that have happened over people's lives that have the same impact on your brain and on your brain's chemistry as a major trauma.
1: Well, so, and trauma is trauma. It, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter. Big, small, nobody's judgment matters. If you experience trauma, you've experienced trauma.
0: Yeah. But I think that some people don't even like think about it. Like they'll remember like, you know, being in fifth grade and having to give an oral presentation to the class and being laughed at because they were like stuttering or, you know, they were talking in a monotone voice because they were nervous and having their classmates laugh at them. And like that was traumatic for them. So they have a hard time now, like say in business where they have to do presentations. And a lot of times people just kind of sweep that little stuff under the rug because they're like, oh, like I was young. It was stupid. They were kids, like kids are mean, whatever, no big deal. And they'll just write it off. But what happens is sometimes when we're tapping, the memory of standing in front of the class comes up and you're like, okay, this is the root of where this belief comes from that my voice isn't, you know, valuable enough to be heard potentially.
1: So, so I have a question about tapping. Sure. I've s- seen tons of practitioners who use different points. Like mm-hmm. one girl never used the under the 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 rib point. One girl mm-hmm. didn't like this but I love this point. Like this point I just want to touch it all day long. It feels so good. Because- <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean they all represent different um meridian lines that are cr- you know that cross in your body at those nine acupoints basically is what it is. So I'm surprised to hear that people aren't using all of them. Um I know that like some people will use one hand to tap, you know, they'll use one hand or they'll use two hands like that. I have seen as a difference, but I haven't seen people tapping different points. So that's curious. That's interesting. Oh,
1: and Actually, I forgot about the hand one. I'm not an avid tapper. I've just been in a couple of programs where people have tapped and Mm -hmm. and yeah, like I wondered why certain practitioners were in my assessment, neglecting certain points, but so there's no, there's no good reason to do it. Maybe they have their own reason.
0: Maybe they have their own reason. I'm not sure where they trained, like, you know, potentially maybe they learned through someone else, you know, watered down line. Um, my mentor actually was Karen Curry Parker and she was one of the first EFT practitioners ever. So she learned cool. directly from the source. And, um, and so she actually has created this system called the quantum alignment system, which does bring together human design and tapping together as a healing modality. Awesome. Um, The other thing that I do with clients, actually, is a lot of times we'll even do meditations. Um, A lot of my clients, like we do inner child meditations, we'll do future self meditations. Um, And then intuitively, because I am very intuitive as well, like intuitively, sometimes I will pick up on stuff that they're not saying, right? The things that are kind of like between the lines. Yeah. Um, So. I try not to, I don't want to like lead them down the path to like making that discovery or that aha themselves, but by asking the right questions, I can kind of help them draw the line or pull the thread and see like the connections between, you know, different patterns that they've um, been exhibiting or um, different patterns in relationships that they're maybe not aware of. So um, I definitely try to bring all these different tools all together into my practice.
1: So it sounds like a really amazing experience. Where can people find you if they want to learn more about you and what you offer?
0: Sure. Um, So you can definitely find me on my website, which is just carissastep.com. And then I'm on Instagram at Carissa Step. I'm also on Facebook, Carissa Step. And so that's the best place to find me. Um, I also have a book on Amazon that I co-authored with 19 other women called uh, Women Living in Alignment. And I do have another book coming out with Karen Curry Parker, who wrote The foreword, along with about nine other authors, that is Purpose by Design. So anyone who may be struggling to find their purpose, it's a story and a collection of um, the authors of how they use human design to help them identify what their purpose is. So it'll be very interesting. That's awesome. Mm -hmm.
1: We'll include links so all of you can easily find Carissa because she spells her name uniquely like I do. Thank you so much for being here today and navigating our couple of tech issues at the beginning with me.
0: No, thank you so much. This was a great conversation. I appreciate the opportunity and I hope your listeners learned something today. So
1: thank you. I'm sure they have. And again, reach out to Carissa and definitely go check out that book because that sounds awesome. As soon as it's available, I'm going to add it to my list. Awesome. Thanks for tuning in today. See you next week on Witches, Bitches, and Dead People. Peace and badass magic. Thank
0: you for listening to Witches, Bitches, and Dead People with Jamie Hearn. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.